Everyone, how are you going? My name is Shafin, and it's such a privilege to be here with you right now. No matter where you're watching, whether you're watching on your mobile phone, on the on your computer at home, where you've got your, the stream connected to your TV, it's so good to have you with us. Whether you're watching from Perth, from the north, or the south, from the hills, from down in Albany, Melbourne, Sydney, and we've even got someone joining us from Yorkshire. Sarah, welcome. So good to have you online and joining us. By the way, congratulations, Wendy Mills for winning the Uber Eats, our grazing table coming straight to you. I'm sure you are going to enjoy that, and we can't wait to see the video of that as well. Well, it's so good to have you joining us here tonight, and it's my privilege of just sharing an encouraging word with us here tonight, this afternoon, this morning, wherever you're watching from. And um, for me, I'm going to start by just confessing to you a bit of a problem that I've had. Um, after years of not giving into temptation, despite the, the great temptation that's been there, one night I gave in in a moment of weakness and I went to McDonald's. I went to McDonald's and I ordered myself a meal. Um, I ordered myself a, a, a Macca's meal, quarter pounder meal, and edited the bun to have the, the, hot, the hot dog, the burger, to have bacon and extra cheese, extra pickles in the meal. And on the side, I ordered a cheeseburger. Likewise, with extra cheese, extra pickles, um, and a slab of bacon in there as well, and I devoured it. And um, I had regrets in the morning because I woke up with a Macca's hangover, a Macca's headache, thinking to myself, I'll never do that ever again. But lo and behold, the next weekend rolled around, and I've been binging on Macca's a little bit lately. And that's been behind the scenes in kind of like a secret life of mine. But then over time, What's been happening, what I've been feeding into my body started to appear on the surface. And the other week, I noticed a pimple. I looked at the mirror and I noticed a pimple. I'm like, oh no, there's evidence of what I've been putting into my body has started to appear on the surface. And you know, this is a bit of a picture of what our lives can be like. The life that we are living right now, the life that we're living right now is directly related to what we've been feeding ourselves in the past. And the biblical way of saying it is we reap what we sow. Whatever we've been sowing into our lives in the former seasons is now what we've been reaping in the current season that we are currently in. Um, in other words, the life that we inherit now is because of the choices largely that we've made in the past. Um, and so for me, it reminds me of a time where Jess and I moved into our house right here where we are right here now, about uh, just, just over two years ago, just under two years ago now. And when we moved in, we noticed that the backyard was full of sand. It was like a sand pit full of weeds. And this was the backyard that we had inherited by neglect or by intent. The neighbors before us sowed seeds of weeds, and now we had a sand pit full of weeds around the place. Um, but likewise, we actually inherited fig trees as well, where... Thank God we had uh, Italians that owned the house and they went and planted fig trees and now we get to enjoy the benefits of having juicy fig trees in our backyard. And so when granddad, um, Norm Beatty, comes up uh, from Albany, the kids love to climb the trees and pick these juicy fig trees from the trees. And so I don't know about you in your life, whether a moment you, you have a life full of weeds or a life full of figs, Maybe it's a combination of weeds and figs, but the point is that the life that we are now living has been inherited from what we have sown into our lives previously. Maybe it's even to do with the seeds or the things that some people have sown into your life as well. Um, that might be good news, it might be bad news for you, but there is good news, and the good news is that we are not victims to the seeds that we ourselves or others have sown into our life previously. But what God wants to do to us is he empowers us 
to sow the kinds of seed in our life right now in this season that will enable us to inherit the kind of life that we want to inherit in the future. Um, And so right now in this time of isolation, when our lives are shrunk right down, instead of pressing pause on our life, God wants us to see this and to recognize this as a moment and an opportunity to prepare us for the next season. Instead of pressing pause, God wants us to recognize this as a season where we can prepare for the next season. And so what I want to do these next few moments is to dig deep into a portion of scripture and draw a few keys in our life in terms of how we can, rather than pressing pause in our life, we can actually prepare and sow into our future. And so the key scripture comes from Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 9. We're going to read it um, together. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let us not get tired of doing what is good, because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I've got three points that I really want to encourage us with from that scripture right now. And the first one, they're kind of a bit of a rhyme to help us to remember it. The first point is this, plant the seeds for the future you see. First of all, you want to plant the seeds for the future that you see. You see, for us, when we moved into this house, we looked out and the picture that we had was bleak. It was a sandpit full of weeds. But we had this vision in our hearts that we wanted a backyard full of luscious green grass. And so what I did one day was I went to Bunnings and I bought some packets of seeds and I think it was like 17 bags full of this beautiful black soil. And on the back of, on the back of these packets of seeds, there's this picture on the front of this luminescent green grass. And this was a picture of what we wanted to sow into our future. And I've got a bit of a question for you. What kind of picture has God given you? What picture do you have of your life post-COVID-19? What kind of dream do you envisage? And so the question that we can ask ourselves, what seeds can we plant today that will get us the harvest that we desire tomorrow? In other words, God invites us to sow into our future. And how we come out of this season will be determined by the seeds that we sow in this season. How we come out of COVID-19 will be determined by the seeds that we sow in this season. And the thing is, grass doesn't happen by accident. Weeds will just come up all over the place, but grass doesn't happen by accident. And neither does your future, the future that you desire, happen by accident. It's by design or by default. And you can design your future by the seeds that you invest in, that you sow and plan in today. And so the good news is that although you might currently have sandy, weedy garden, you do not have to keep it. But you can be intentional. Today, you can begin to plant the seeds of the future that you see. The second key is this. The first key was plant the seeds for the future you see. The second point is this. Pull at the weeds of the past that you don't need. First is plant the seeds. Second is pull out the weeds. You know, for, for me, when it came to plant the seeds, I knew that I needed to spend hours to prepare the soil Um, Because if we didn't prepare the soil by pulling out the weeds, no matter how much good seed I sowed into the soil, the weeds would come and choke the life out of this soil. And I remember spending about seven or eight hours, a long time, meticulously coming and and pulling out every single weed. 
And the thing is that I discovered is that some weeds are really obvious. They're disgusting. They're like, wow, that's a weed that I want to plant, pull out of the garden. You might, in your life, recognize weeds in your life or things or areas in your life that are literally, obviously sucking the life out of the seeds that you want to plant. But there's some weeds actually have flowers attached to them. Some weeds come with flowers. They might actually even look quite beautiful for a moment. And I remember pulling out these weeds and kind of going, is that really a weed that I should be pulling out right now? It seems like a beautiful flower. But don't be deceived. Some weeds have flowers. And likewise, there'll be some things in our life that we'll need to weed out that will look good. But you know what? God doesn't always want what is good. He wants what is God for our lives. And there's some things that have looked good that we've got familiar with or comfortable with that have kind of become familiar with us in our lives. But God invites us not only to pull out the weeds that are gross, but flowers that come with weeds. God wants us to pull them out. So the first step for us in terms of pulling out the weeds is A, to recognize them, simply to recognize the weeds. And you know what? Largely, the weeds that we're invited by God to pull out of our lives are based on lies. Lies that we believe about ourselves, lies that we believe about God, lies that we believe about our future. Some of the lies we can believe about ourselves based on maybe our experience from hurt or pain that we've gone through is that you're not lovable. It can be a lie that we can believe about ourselves. But you know what the truth is? That God loved you even when you were in your mother's womb. Before you did anything good or bad, God loved you. You're so precious in God's sight. Maybe you don't think that you're worth anything. You're worthless. Well, the truth is that Jesus gave his life for you. God paid the greatest price that anyone could ever pay for you because he loves you so much. You have endless worth. Maybe you feel forgotten or looked over in your life. Well, the truth is that counteracts that lie is that God has in Psalms, God says that his thoughts towards you is greater and outnumbers the number of sands on the seashore. God hasn't forgotten about you. You might feel forgotten by other people, but God always thinks about you. He cares about you and loves you so, so much. Maybe there's lies that you believe about God. You know, there's been great tragedy and loss in your life. There's been hurt and pain there, and it can begin to build a picture, build a case that God doesn't care for you, that God doesn't care for other people. But let me tell you that God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. God himself stepped into the mess of our lives, our world, because his, his hand is in extended in care and love for you. 1 Peter um, chapter 5 says, Give all your worries and your cares to God. Why? He cares about them all, no matter how big or small they are. The truth is God is not angry at you. You know, sometimes we think and believe the lie that actually intimacy with God is only reserved for the super spiritual people out there. Maybe you're part of the basketball game, but you're like, I don't deserve to be on the court. I'm just going to withdraw myself to the sidelines. Maybe you're like swimming in the deep oceans of experiencing God's love is for the elite, for the spiritual people, and you're happy to splash around in the shallows. But let me tell you that God loves you so much, he invites each of us to experience intimacy with him. And then finally, there can be lies about your future. Maybe there are lies that have been spoken to your life through people or the enemy or you to yourself that I'm going to just settle for a mediocre future. Maybe there's lies to say that you'll fail, so there's no use trying or attempting anything great for God. Maybe lies that your dreams are impossible. But I tell you what, that the truth is that God's Word says He has good plans for you to prosper you, to bring you a hope and a future. Ephesians 2.10, you've been designed and created by God as a masterpiece to do the great things that He's planned for you. And so, A, when it comes to pulling out the weeds, is to recognize them. Recognize the lies. 
and be willing to pull them out. And second, B, is to pull these weeds out by the root. When I was out there spending hours, it was tempting for me just to pick them all, all the weeds up. Some of, the, um, some of the roots would come out really easily, but others I had to dig around and spend time digging up. If I hadn't neglected pulling the weeds out by the root, they would have just cropped up again later on. You know, sometimes we need to go to the root of things in our life. Maybe we need to root out the source of the lives in our life. What are we feeding ourselves in our lives? Maybe there's friendships. Maybe there's certain relationships for a season we need to pull out and root out of our lives for a season. Even some good things in our life that God invites us to pull out. You know, the devil comes to us as an angel of light, a deceptive angel of life. He looks good. But don't forget that attached to the flower can be a weed that God invites us to root out. Maybe it's what you're filling your life with. TV shows or certain books, Facebook, the news. I tell you what, if you want to feed yourself with fear, just scroll through Facebook feed and watch all the news you like. But what God wants us to do is to sow seeds of faith, not fear. You see, it's not more information that will get you through this time. It's not the latest information that will get you through any challenge in life, but it's by faith that we overcome the world. And so look for ways that you can sow faith into your heart and overcome whatever challenges come your way. And so the first point, the first point that we said was to plant the seeds for the future you see. Key two, to pull out the weeds of the past you don't need. And point number three is to persist till you receive God's promised destiny. Oh yeah, that rhymes. (laughs) You know, for me, I remember, although I prepared the soil, Although I planted the seeds, although I pulled out the weeds that I didn't need, what I needed to do is to persist until I received, to persist watering until I saw these seeds finally come through the soil. You know, on the back of the packet, on the front of the packet was the vision. And on the back of the packet was the instructions and the promise. If you weed for 10 days persistently, you're going to see results. So I started watering every morning and every night for 40, 50, like a long time. And I soaked, I soaked that soil too. It was wet. The seeds were drowning in water. And I did this day after day after day until day eight or nine. I'm, I'm looking at this thing going, where, what's happening to these seeds? I'm getting down on my hands and knees. I'm tempted to dig up the seeds, trying to look for any signs of life or growth. And I go back to the packet and I'm like, but it says that I'm going to see results. But what I needed to do is not to give up, but to persist and to continue to watering. And let me tell you, this gap time between the promise and the delivery of the promise can be sometimes the greatest challenge. Sometimes for us, we know what the seeds are to sow. Sometimes we know the weeds that we need to pluck out from our life. But it's the gap time from from sowing the seed until, until seeing the fulfillment of the promise that where the devil's voice can be the loudest. You know, the devil's voice can be like this. You spend so much time preparing your soil. You pulled out all the weeds at great sacrifice to yourself. You know, the weeds that had flowers attached to them that made you feel good for a season. And you've weeded out your pleasures, but now look at you. You've got nothing to show from it. You've fallen for the hoax. The front of the packet is a lie. You've been sold a lie. You've been dragged out. And now... You need to give up. You've been sold a lie. Maybe one of the lies you've been sold is is this. And you can be tempted to think, I've lived a life of generosity. I've been faithful in giving generous, generously. I've, I've, I've given to those in need. I've been faithfully tithing 
for many years, but now I've lost my job. Where is God? Where is this lie? The enemy wants you to go, well, keep it all to yourself. Keep it all to yourself if you're not seeing the fruit. Maybe you're thinking, well, I've sowed seeds into relationships. I've been kind. I've been giving. I've been forgiving in my life. But now look, I don't feel like there's the fruit of what I've sown into these relationships and friendships. That's it. Stuff them. I'm going to shrink my life down only into these small collection of people. Maybe you've begun to step out in faith to pursue God's destiny and his future for your life. You know, I think of our 10 interns at Everlife at the moment who have given up a lot, a year for God to pursue God's call and purpose on their life. They stepped out. It was exciting at first. And then this unexpected thing called COVID-19 like just T-boned us unexpectedly. And now it's like, well, how do we do internship when we don't have a building? How do we do internship when we don't physically come together? And it can be tempting to think that my destiny is gone. That's it. Now I need to give up that. I need to pursue my own agenda. Maybe for you, you've started stepping out in faith in your life and you don't see the fruit or the reward of seeking God's kingdom first. Maybe you've been praying, believing for breakthrough in certain areas of your life. Maybe you've been believing for breakthrough for other people, praying and asking God, seeking God for a partner or, or, or a job or a breakthrough. I want to know you more, God. Maybe you don't see the results and the enemy wants to deceive you into thinking, well, you may as well just stop praying. I mean, God doesn't obviously care for you. Just give up. And maybe you've been positioning yourself, going to church, coming to community. You don't see the fruit of that in your life. And maybe especially when it comes to your pursuit of your relationship with God. Like, man, I've been sowing. I've been praying. I've been spending time reading the Bible, going to church, ticking all the boxes, doing all the things. But I don't feel and I don't see any grass growing in this area of my life. And we can fall for the lie. And the lie is this. You know what? It's better to have a life with weeds that have flowers than a life with no flowers at all. I'd rather fill my life with something rather than remain in a vacuum where there's this huge time of gap. We can be tempting. You know, the truth is that this gap time can act a bit like a vacuum. You know, a vacuum is this absence of anything. And and the air just seeks to rush in as quickly as it can. As soon as you give it that moment, it can rush in. But it's in this time that God invites us to strengthen the most key ingredient to receiving the destiny God has for us, and that is faith. God wants us to exercise our muscles and to build our muscles of faith. He wants us to fill the vacuum with faith. And there's a scripture from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, which is going to pop up on the screen. And it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And when you hope for something, it means you don't quite have it yet. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence, or in other translations, the substance of things we cannot see. You see, what God invites us to do is to fill the vacuum, to fill the gap time with the substance of our faith. Your faith has substance. God wants to grow your faith to be substantial. Rather than flimsy, that's relying on how you feel or when good things are happening around you. He wants to fill the gap. He wants to fill, he wants to fill the vacuum with faith. You know, for me, when it came to my grass, you know what? I didn't give up, but I persisted. I persisted. And the saying, again, is persist till you receive God's promised destiny. For me, the back, the back of the packet promised me, if I water for 10 days, I'm going to see results. And so essentially, I put my faith in the word on the back of that packet. 
And guess what? As I persisted in watering, as I resisted the temptation to give up, and I continued to water them, one day I got out there, I got on my hands and knees, and I had a look at against the black soil. I saw finally these beautiful, green, luminescent, grassy fingers reaching out towards the sun. And I'm just thinking, my goodness, it was worth it. I was so glad I didn't give up. And I'm just like brushing my hands over these beautiful grass blades, my beautiful babies, just singing to them and loving them. So happy that I continued to water them. And you know what? The truth is, although you do not see it coming, the harvest is coming. God is faithful to his word. The harvest is coming for you. You know, don't base your faith on what you see, sandy, weed-filled backyards, but base your faith on what God sees, on what God speaks, on what's written in the word of God, on the promise on the back of the packet, on the vision on the front. You know, fill in the gap time with the substance of faith. And so what are we putting our faith in? Just good feelings? Just, oh, I just hope that one day this might happen. Or no, we, we actually hook our faith into something solid. You know, I saw a, a YouTube video the other day done by Gideon Metham. Um, you should check him out on YouTube. Gideon Metham from Albany, he's, he's a rock climber. And, um, and what he did is he posted a video, a 20-minute video of him. He, he went actually down the edge of a cliff that went right into the Southwest Ocean, which is just so, can be so treacherous. But he went fishing off a cliff. But what he did is he, he hooked himself into an anchor point. He was in a harness and he hooked himself into a solid anchor point, which is like a rock. And this is a picture that God invites us to do, is to hook our faith into something solid. Something solid, which is the rock of Jesus and the promises of God that are found in his word. And there's a scripture for us we can hook our faith into when it comes to his promise from Isaiah chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. This is what it says about God's word. It says, The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And get this, it says, It's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And I've gone back to Galatians chapter 7. It says, let us not grow tired or weary in what is doing, what is in doing good and what doing what is good. Let's continue to water. Let's continue to sow to your future. Sow those seeds because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. But this is the key. If we do not give up. Again, persist, persist till you receive God's promised destiny. You know, God's word always produces fruit. We need to keep sowing. Just to get a bit practical now. You know, if you want to grow in your financial strength, then continue to be generous. To continue to sow your finance by faith. If you want to be healthy physically, well, sow, you know, sow into your body healthy food, exercise, and you will reap. If you want healthy relationships, continue to sow kindness, continue to sow love. Continue to sow forgiveness, words of life, affirmation, and encouragement. You know, just briefly on this, you know, sometimes we can check out, check out the neighbor's lawn and go, man, they've got green grass. Wish I had their lawn. It can be a bit like that when it comes to relationships or friendships, whether it's marriages or friendships, or maybe a community that you're a part of. You can look at the green grass down the road and just wish that you had their green grass. And 
The truth is the grass might be greener, but do you know what? The truth is even if you inherited their grass, it's going to go dry and the weeds will grow unless you choose to water it, unless you choose to continue to weed it. You know, the grass that you have right now is a gift given to you by God. And the encouragement is this, continue to water your own garden. Don't compare your lawn with other people's lawns, but water your own garden and you will see a harvest. If you want fulfillment in purpose, then get this. So more time into preparing for your purpose than you do in prioritizing your pleasure. Again, once again, so more time, invest more time into preparing for your purpose than into prioritizing pleasure. You know, we all like entertainment and pleasure. It's great. It's awesome. I watched a movie with Jess last night about um, a virus actually that impacted the world. I think it's a movie made in 2011, a couple of years ago. Um, Contagium, I think it was. But um, it was very much like what's happening today. Entertainment is great, but let me tell you, sow things into your life that will help you to prepare for your future. You know, books, choosing the right people to hang out with, what you give your time, invest your time in. And then finally, if you want spiritual health and intimacy with God, don't give up. Continue to sow to the Spirit. Read your Bible. Get God's Word, His promises into you. Build your faith by prayer and building into your relationship with God. So the question is, what kind of life do you want on the other side of COVID-19? Imagine it. You can have it if you sow to your future. You can sow into your life post-COVID-19. Make the decision. Again, the three points is to plant the seeds for the future you see. Pull out the weeds of the past you don't need and persist till you receive God's promised destiny. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, I thank you and I pray for every single person right now. I thank you that you've got a great destiny and cool. Lord God, I pray better help people to recognize the weeds and the weeds with flowers attached. Lord God, I pray better give us the grace to sow seeds of faith and life into our next season. And Lord God, I pray that you give us the grace to persist in this season, in the gap time. And I thank you, Lord, that as we walk through the gap time, that Holy Spirit, you fill us with your comfort, with your peace, and you give us hope to rise up in our hearts because we know, Lord God, that you are faithful to deliver in the promise that you give us, God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hey, before we go on, we want to do what we do every single Sunday and give you the opportunity to begin a relationship with a God who loves you, who created you for destiny. Maybe you've drifted from God for many years and tonight or this moment, this morning, this afternoon, wherever you are, right now is your moment to come back to God. Maybe you've never been to church or been a part of something like this. Well, right now, God's hands of love is extended to you. You're like, I don't know about this religious churchy stuff. Well, it doesn't matter because God knows you. He loves you. And His invitation is to put your faith and your trust in Him. Now, there's a Bible verse in Romans that says, The wages of sin, the payment for sin is death. It's a a death. It's a spiritual separation between us and God. But guess what? The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And what God wants to give you right now is a gift to you. You know, Jesus' life was sown into the ground. Jesus' life was, he died on the cross to forgive us of our sin. But you know what? Because Jesus sowed his life, the seed of his life, it results in eternal life for everyone on the planet that would simply receive this gift by faith. And so if that's you right now, I'd love to pray this prayer with you. It's a really basic prayer, but you know what? God sees our heart and He sees your heart right now. 
Maybe you want to hit the reset on your relationship with God or start up for the first time. It's so exciting. Would you pray with me right now? If that's you, would you just lift your hands or join me with, it, uh, with me as I pray this prayer? Lord God, I just pray. I pray, Lord God, I bring myself to you right now. I thank you that you forgive me, Lord. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And Lord, right now I've received the gift of eternal life that you give me. Would you make me clean? Would you make me brand new on the inside? I take out, I take your hand by faith. And I believe that you are going to lead me into a glorious destiny, both in this life and in the life to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray for every single person right now praying that prayer, that you'd fill them with your love. You fill them with your grace. You fill them with courage. Even in this season, Lord, you give them joy and hope and courage, not only to persevere in this season, Lord, but every season of life. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Amen.